When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are live. Welcome back. Well, we can't really welcome you back if we've never really done it before. But this is the first episode of myself. Oh. Ah, we are live. How about that one? We were muted. See, first episode, (laughs) Copper, you got to work out the kinks, right? So it is our first episode, Believe in Saints. So that was an awkward introduction, but nevertheless, ah, ha, ha, we are live. Welcome in. I'm one half of your host, Blake Rafino, and we have our good friend Terrence Copper, former Saints wide receiver, uh, as our other co-host. So it's going to be a fun show, going to be a great show. Copper, what's up, man? How's it going tonight? Man, what's going on? I'm good. How about yourself? Doing good. You know, Copper, look, I know you've been doing the podcast for a while. I'm getting interjected into it. It's going to be fun. Talk a lot of Saints. Why am I talking like my name's Mel Kuyper? You know, like, look at the length. Look at the run. Look how he catches the ball. Look at the extinction. You know, I got I to gotta calm down. I'm excited. But nevertheless, it's going to be very fun. Oh, yeah. I'm excited. Let's roll. Let's get it. All right. So, Copper, we're going to do this, man. Everybody joining us. We, we got a big show in store for you tonight. Look, we'll, we'll talk the draft. We'll talk uh, what our expectations are for the Saints next season. Look, the same schedule isn't out yet, but we do know who will be home and away. We will touch on, and Tyron Matthew, the Honey Badger, uh, returns. So we'll talk a lot of uh, Saints here tonight as well. Everybody, do us a favor: hit the like and share, share to your Facebook groups, share if you're on YouTube, hit that subscribe button and notification bell. As we're going to be doing this at least for now, Tuesdays or Thursdays, we'll be doing the podcast. Me and Copper here. So hit the like button, hit the share, share to some groups. Uh, and we'll get started. You know, Cop, let's do this because we've got a lot to talk about. Let's pay some bills. Let's talk about our good sponsors. And then we got a lot to talk about. So let's talk about our good friends over at Bet Online. We'll be back in 45 seconds. Let's get this show on the roll, y'all. 
Our partners over at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the NBA playoffs, fights, and even next season's futures. And don't forget that the MLB is back as well. Who are you picking to win the World Series? BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's easy to get started, so head on over to their website. Use betonline.ag. Use that promo code BELIEVE. That's B-L-E-A-V. That's B-L-E-A-V to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag. Betonline.ag. All right, I made sure I'm not muted this time, so we're good to go. Uh, Roderick Duga says, uh, Coop, uh, uh, Copper, boy, I used to kill defenses on Madden with you. I, I, I Copper, so let me ask you. So let's, because we're going to talk about you, let some of our 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 audience to get to know you more. Uh, but man, that's got to feel good. Did you, Copper, did you ever play with yourself on Madden? Like, how many touchdowns did you score in Madden with yourself? You know, the crazy thing about it is, I never played with myself when I got in the league, I played with myself in college. Uh, in high school, because I created myself. Okay. But I, once, I got, once I got to the league, I never played. I never played Madden. I stopped playing after I got out of college. I I, I can't I, I can't fault you for that. But let me just tell you, that's why the Lord makes someone like you uh, able to go to the league, because I would have put my ratings all at ninety nine, right? Yeah. Throwing power, accuracy, speed. All of it. I just would have been a dog. I the Lord knew only to make me a center at the FCS level. <laughs> I get it, man. Like I, said, I once I got to the league, man, I stopped playing Madden. Uh, but I used to be heavy in Madden, man, when I was in college. Uh, oh, myself, I was ninety nine all the way then. So, but yeah, I stopped playing for a while. Well, look, we're going to get to know you, and we're going to talk a lot of Saints, so let's do that. Uh, I'll give a little introduction by myself. They're not here to listen to me; they're here to listen to you. So. Uh, Copper, let me ask this because a lot of people know you, but they know you from being a part of the Saints. They know you be a part uh, being a wide receiver in the league. Um, but just a brief rundown. I mean, you played at ECU, but tell everybody your career, who you are, what you're doing now, uh, and, and all the things you have going on. Man, so I'm from Washington, North Carolina. Uh, I went to East Carolina University, played receiver. Shout there. out the Pirates. Yep, East Carolina. Shout out. Uh, I ended up going to the NFL Combine. I didn't get drafted. Uh, I came in as a free agent. My first stop was in Dallas, and that's where I first met Coach Payton in Dallas. He was the offensive coordinator when I was in Dallas. And then after I left Dallas, I went to New Orleans. I played three years. In, I played two years in Dallas. I played three years in New Orleans. I played a half a year in Baltimore, and I played five years in Kansas City, where I retired in my fifth year in Kansas City. Yep, so that's that's my story, man. That's my and right now I own a sports academy here in in Winterville, North Carolina, called the Premier Sports Academy, mm -hmm. uh, located in Winterville, North Carolina, where we train athletes from age five on up to the pros. We have basketball leagues. We train for basketball. We train football, skill specific. Uh, we do speed and agility. We got seven on seven leagues. So we got kind of the whole gamut when it comes to after school program, summer program, tutoring. So we got the whole program. So I know this isn't Saints, but I think it's relevant to who you are and your perspective. Um, how much are you able to take from what you learned in the league and football and, and create it here? You know, I mean, Copper, I, I can only imagine 
the wealth of knowledge that you have. I mean, you forget more football than most of us will ever know. How much are you able to utilize that, though, and what you're doing today? Uh, it, it goes hand in hand. Mm -hmm. uh, and truthfully, that was the reason for opening up the academy, uh, because I felt like if I could teach these kids and these athletes things that I wish I would have known at their age, that I know now, how much better would they be as athletes, oh, not just athletes, how much better would they be when they're going through tough situations, learning how to, you know, not give up, learning how to have some staying power, dealing with life, dealing with things that come in, that come at you. So that was my whole purpose to open up the academy, you know, was to be able to give back to the kids and teach them things I wish I would have learned at their age. So all the things go hand in hand. So it, it works out perfect. I'm going to call you TC, okay? For That's that's, that's the nickname I'm going to give you, okay? Mm -hmm. I'm a nickname kind of guy. Uh, TC, um, you know, you said something that I think about way too much, you know, as a, as a has-been and probably never was. But, like, if I would have known now what, or what I know now, if I would have known then how much right. things would have been different. And I think it's a unique how you're – and a great thing that you're doing to be able to mentor young men or women to, to give them that mentality to bring them to the next level. I, I just think it's insane. And because, look, T, you, you, you're in the one – it's not even a 1% that's playing in the NFL. It's a half of a 1%, you know. And so I think it's a unique perspective. But nevertheless, we're going to dive a lot into that uh, as well. Everybody do us a favor by hitting the like and share. TC, it's been a, a crazy two weeks. Look, we've been off with the Believe Podcast. I joined. Uh, I know that you've talked a little bit about the draft, and we'll get there. But, man, there's so much to talk about. I, I guess what is your vibe really around the Saints? Because, you know, you, you get Jameis on a two-year uh, two contract. You bring in Tyron Matthew. You're entertaining Jarvis Landry. You bring in Chris Olave. You get a left tackle. I, I guess for you, as uh, what is the vibe for you around this team? You know what? I feel like they are putting together a great team. To me, they already had a great team. Uh, if you look back to last year, they had a good team last year. The defensively, that was amazing when it came to stopping the run. They run defense was amazing. I feel like we got hit with a raw deal. We had a ton of, of injuries. Uh, and then with COVID, you had about eight, nine coaches out with COVID. Right. At one time. You know, so and you beat like and you beat Tom. Exactly. You beat him twice. <laughs> you beat him twice. You know, so I mean, I feel like this year, of course, if we don't have the injuries, I feel like we're in place to really make a playoff run. I feel like we're gonna make the playoffs. I also feel like we'll win the division. Cause if you look at the division, who's in the division that you're afraid of? I don't know. Look, you don't beat look, you don't beat the Bucks twice. The last six times, I want to say we don't beat the Bucks. Carolina's not there yet. And Atlanta is surely isn't there. God. Yeah, you know? So, I feel like we are the front runners to win the division. Um, Sean Payton out, Dennis Allen in. Um, I want to focus on that on the field, but we do have a pretty good question that, uh, you know, I that was my number one question from our good friend Ant Marshall. But he says, hashtag Ask TC, what was your first impression of Coach Sean Payton? We'll, we'll get into that, but he's out. I mean, he was pretty much outside of Drew Brees, the heart and soul of that team over the last two decades. I mean, give or take, you know. Um, but what was your first impression of Coach Payton? I mean, because you came in with him in 06 in New Orleans, right? Yep. So, so you got to realize my first impression of Coach Payton was not New Orleans. 
he was my offensive coordinator in Dallas. Mm-hmm. You know, my first two years in the league. You know, so I kind of knew Coach Pate before I even got to New Orleans. But he's always, to me, he's always been the same guy, the same guy. Real calm, cool, collect. Uh, the way you see him on the sidelines is the way he really is. You know, he's just a, a calm, collect. He can get fiery, don't get me wrong. He'll get on you when he needs to. Uh, but he's an amazing coach. He's a great person. Uh, and he's a great leader. That is the biggest thing, that, besides being a great person off the field. His leadership skills is amazing. Um, have you been able to talk to or, or know any of the guys that have been under Dennis Allen? I mean, um, look, uh, on paper, the Dennis Allen hire is a, to some is a head scratcher. I know he's been there, um, mm-hmm. but he was, tw- I think, what, eight and 28 in his two seasons as the Raiders head coach, but so is every other Raiders head coach on planet earth. But you have guys like Lane Kiffin who's been successful elsewhere outside of being with the Raiders. Um, what's your thoughts on Dennis Allen? I mean, because you do have a culture change. I think it was a good hire. I think uh, Coach Allen knows the culture of New Orleans. He knows the city of New Orleans. He knows what New Orleans stands for and what the Saints are all about because he's been there. You know, so I think it was a great move. I felt like we still should have hired somebody within the team already that we had when Coach Payton retired. I felt like we needed to hire somebody within the organization. Um, so I, I think we, it was a good hire. Now – how it plays out, I don't know. We will see. But I think he's going to do a good job. Um, I think he got a good coaching staff around him because at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. Even when Coach Payton was here, yeah, Coach Payton was at the helm. He was the leader, but he had an amazing coaching staff. Uh, and a coach is only as good as his assistants. So if Coach Payton don't have those assistants with them and they don't know what they're doing, they don't understand the things he wants, Coach Payton's career wouldn't have been what it was. So you got to have a good assistance with you, not just the head coach just can't be amazing. Your assistant's got to be good. And he has some great assistants, not taking anything away from Coach Payton, but he had good assistance as well. He sure did. And look, that Tampa Bay game, you talked about all those coaches out with COVID. Dennis Allen takes over, and and quite honestly, I, I, TC, I don't know how else to say it, but they beat the shit out of uh, – uh, look, uh, you can't really put it a, another way. When you run the ball the way that you did – when you threw the ball the way that you did and you dominate on special teams the way that you did, you just got your ass beat up and down the field. And it kind of, right. to me, felt like now hindsight looking back, 2020, you know, hindsight's always 2020. But him doing that in that game gave him, gave him a leg up. I mean, look, you could have gone a lot of different places in this search, but Dennis Allen being the guy. Um, let me ask you this because – Look, I've been in a lot of college locker rooms. I've been one as a player and as a guy at a part of media. It's a completely different vibe. Um, the NFL's different. I've never been in a locker room as a player, so I, I don't know. When Dennis Allen is announced as the head coach, what is that like? I mean, do you, is it like you're fired up because you're rallying around a guy that you already know? There might not be a lot of changes, or are you kind of like, well, I, I don't know what the alternative would have been, but – what do you think that the locker room was like when Dennis Allen was hired? Uh, so, for one, the fact that the defense is so strong, you know, and he's the defensive coordinator, you know, so he already has the respect of his defensive players and not just defensive players, but the whole team. He already got that respect from them. So, and truly, it didn't matter who the Saints hired as the head coach. The players may felt a certain way about whoever they hired, but they also can get on board. Like, we're all about 
okay, next, because it's the sports world. Everybody gets, a lot of people get fired. You go through coaching changes. So, but it's all about as long as the leaders are stepping up and has his back and they're behind him, everybody else going to fall behind. Everybody else going to follow suit. So as long as the leadership, when I say leadership, the players that are in leadership, not the coaches, but the players that are in leadership on that team, as long as they're with it and they're on board with it, everybody else don't have a choice but to follow suit. So, and of course, a college locker room is a little different. Right. But the NFL locker room, you got grown men in there, you know, and and all we want to do is win. We understand that it's going to be a culture change. It's going to be culture changes. It's going to be player changes because we're in and out just like coaches are in and out sometimes, you know, so it's all about next man up. TC, you made a couple of key points there. Now, I've been asking you a lot of questions, so I'm just going to give an opinion on one of them. You know, you yep. talked about giving, keeping a lot of coaches that are on staff. I, I'm okay with that. I, I'm okay with keeping Ryan Nielsen. I'm okay with keeping Chris Richard, two guys that he ultimately brought in that Peyton allowed him to bring in. And I think Ryan Nielsen is a very good front seven guy. Chris Richard, we all know, was with the Legion of Boom in Seattle when they had, the, you know, the cover three and the triangle defense of what – Pete Carroll liked to call it, but I look on the other side of the ball. And, and look, we talked about this, TC, off the air. Um, I am a little nervous, though, about Pete Carmichael, and I need you to talk me off the ledge, okay? Because if there's a situation where Drew Brees, when Sean Payton was out, didn't want Pete Carmichael calling plays, why should I, a part of media, or why should I, a part of it as a fan, be okay with Pete Carmichael? Now, you've been around him. You've played for him. And, look, Ant Marshall, uh, one of our great, great guys that that follows us, um, he, he asked the same question, too. What do you think about Pete Carmichael? Because, man, i, I got to be honest, TC, I, I'm, on that, I, I'm on that ledge with him. Can he do a good job, in your opinion? Pete Carmichael is the man. He's going to do an amazing job. Uh, prime example, we just talked about what happened with the Bucks. Pete Carmichael was calling the plays. And guess what? They beat the Bucks. Without, and I'm not going to say without Coach Payton. Of course, you need Coach Payton, but Pete Carmichael held his own. So that's one reason. And then you think about it. Pete Carmichael been with Coach Payton his entire career in New Orleans. He's been there. You know, so, and he's been right there with him in the meeting rooms. Him, Coach Payton, Drew Brees, same meeting room. Uh, he's learning behind him. He's learning every everything that Coach Payton know. Trust me, he done installed it, instilled it in Pete Carmichael. Pete Carmichael is ready. He don't have anybody looking over his shoulder that's going to come in to, to run the offense. Just like if you look at it, uh, a quarterback that's in a, a quarterback fight, you know, where it's a quarterback competition. That quarterback that is in the competition, with, if he always got to look over his shoulder and, and see if this guy, if he do this wrong, he, a new quarterback may come in. Well, guess what? Pete Carmichael, he has that to himself now. He is the offensive coordinator. He can run it the way he sees fit. He can relax a little, not relax to the point to where he's relaxing to where he's not doing his job well, but he can relax and don't have to worry about somebody else taking his job or getting fired. He is the guy. And don't get me wrong, it's going to be a lot of pressure on him because of he's running the offense. Right. But he's ready. If there's anybody else ready, who else is ready? He's been there. He's been the understudy for Coach Payton forever. He's ready. He already proven he can call plays because they beat Tampa Bay when Coach uh, Payton wasn't there. 
he's ready. He's ready. If, if he's not ready now, he's never going to be ready. Well, and I, that's a so you you talked me off the ledge there, and the you, you did talk me off the ledge. I didn't think about the Tampa Bay game, you know, like right, like I didn't think about that until the end when you said if he's not ready, he's never going to be ready. I was like, oh lord, you know, like oh god, you know, I don't want to be week three against Joe Burrow and let him hang forty, okay. And we're in a situation where Pete's like, hey, we look good against the Giants, but we didn't look good to get good against Cincinnati. You know, we can't make fun of the Bengals anymore, you know. But, look, I, I do think that Pete know Like, you can't be with someone so long and not know stuff, right? Like, yeah. you just can't. I, I, and, look, I, I think – and this isn't a shot at Sean. By the way, shout, shout out Sean Payton for blocking me on Twitter – but even so much the the fact TC about the Taysom Hill thing, you know, like uh, there was a big thing on social media this week about Jameis Winston and look, well, I'm a Jameis apologist, um, but like even so much that Pete didn't even do anything with Taysom in those two weeks, you know, kept his quarterback in there, and I think that that's a big deal, and not only confidence with Pete Carmichael, but a confidence in your quarterback too. I mean, like Jameis went ten for ten against the Giants, Taysom comes in and throws a pick. And I think that that hurts a little bit for the for the morality. Now, that's just me. But I got to ask you, though, mm-hmm. is there one thing or, or, or something that you could shed a light on about Pete Carmichael? Because, look, Pete is a very reserved guy. He's not going to mm-hmm. be the guy out in the media room being like, you know, like John Gruden, a spider too. Why banana? You know, he's not going to be that guy. Can you take us, uh, uh, give us a little bit of an idea of who Pete Carmichael really is? Well, guess what? Pete Carmichael is exactly how you described him. He's very laid back, very reserved. You're not going to get a lot from him when it comes to talking in the media. Uh, And honestly, even sometimes when I was there at practice, you don't really realize Pete Carmichael is there because he's laid back. That's his personality. So it's not a lot I can give you about him personally, but I can tell you he's a good coach and he knows his stuff. And he's poised to be a great offensive coordinator. And and him being a great offensive coordinator, like I said earlier, if he's not ready now, he's never ready. So I don't want everybody, I don't want people to think that because he may have a couple of bad games of calling that he's a terrible offensive coordinator. You got to give room for error. This is his first offensive coordinator job. And not saying he's going to be terrible, but he's going he's gonna to take his bumps. Right. He's going to learn from them and he's going to get better from it. So as as Saints Nation, as who that nation, we got to give them, we got to give Pete Carmichael, you know, give him some time. Mm-hmm. Give him some time. I don't want to I don't want to overreact to this. Okay. Yeah. And I, because I'm going to give Pete a little bit of credit, but I'm going to say like if you don't deliver, I don't think that you can say that he doesn't have the pieces. Uh, Copper, I thought that they went in the draft and they got Chris Olave and Trevor Penning. You mm-hmm. went and got your two biggest needs. You got a left tackle, a nasty left tackle, a guy that I – and look, I was on my, you know the AYS show that I do saying that I thought he was the best offensive tackle outside of Evan Neal. I thought he was a top-10 pick because mm-hmm. he plays left tackle. But you go and get Chris Olave. Look, like I said, T, I, I'm a, I'm a Jameis Winston apologist, okay? Mm-hmm. And, and to the point where you're throwing 14 touchdowns and three picks – and you're like legitimately not seven games in, 
you're really just six games in. You you know, I know that he has the record or the start in the seventh game or whatever it was, but I thought Jameis looked a lot better than what we saw in Tampa. Now that he has weapons, I'm not saying that they don't have holes because, look, mm-hmm. when Alvin Kamara, we don't know what's going to happen there. But, look, they got weapons now, bro. Like, they, there's no real excuses that you can throw out there. I mean, if Mike Thomas does come back and you got Olave, that's a dangerous combo. Dangerous. But one thing I want people to realize, weapons just doesn't involve the pass game. Right. And, and like I said, with Kamara, we don't know what's going to happen with that situation. We got to be able to run the game. At the end of the day, it's not college. It's not just we just going to spread this ball out and run the spread the entire time. If you can't run the ball in the NFL, you're going to struggle. You're going to struggle. So it's not just about throwing the ball all over the place, even though I feel like the Saints can do that with Winston. But you still have to be careful when it comes to Winston because he he had a great season last year before he got injured. But Coach Payton, they did a great job of not having him throw 40 times a game. Right. Maybe like he had to do in Tampa Bay because Tampa Bay, he still did an amazing job. He just threw a lot of picks. Mm-hmm. So if you can find a way to still – I'm not going to say hold him back, but still limit the amount of times you're throwing the ball because we all still know he is prone to throw interceptions. And even last year when he played before he got injured, it was a few balls that should have been picked off that he threw, but it just wasn't picked. You know, so it's like we have to still establish the run game. But Jameis Winston, we also still have to limit how Jameis Winston is throwing the ball until we really feel like he got under control of his decision-making. Not his talent, but his decision-making. You know, what's funny is that I kind of overreacted to the Packers game last year, you know, like when he threw the five touchdowns and was going bananas when he threw it to Devonta, to Harris, and it was a long bomb, and I'm like, oh, dude. Mainly because it was, you know, we're just coming off a hurricane. It affected a lot of us down here in Louisiana. And then James just goes out there and balls out. I agree with you. Some of them should have been picked. There are, you know, but I I think that he got a lot better in his decision making. I think that is something that um, we'll we'll see more from him. Uh, TC, here's my biggest worry. Okay, we'll get to the defensive side too uh, in these expectations. My biggest worry is running back. Like it's it's not it's not a question. Alvin Kamara easily is a top three back. Like we can all make the arguments. You could talk about Derrick Henry. You could talk about this guy or that guy, Najee Harris, Nick Chubb, whoever whoever you want to talk about. That's cool. Mm-hmm. He's a top three back, and you can't really dispute that. The problem is, is he might miss six to eight games, and you can't have your legitimately best weapon that for the last two seasons, maybe even arguably four, out for that long. Um, True. What do they do? You know, like when when the Saints before had struggled in the running game, now Roderick brings this up, they would get Pierre Thomas in the screen game. They they would do other things to get the running game involved. As as it sits right now, do you think there's anything that the Saints could do with an absence of Alvin Kamara for that long? They don't know it right now. They're yeah. not going to really know it until training camp starts, preseason game starts, because you got to see, just think about it. Pierre was a free agent. Mm-hmm. He came as a free agent. And look what he did with his career coming as a free He wasn't drafted. He was a free agent. So just look what he did. But 
the Saints, they, they're going to have to really see. Hopefully he's not suspended, but the Saints got to wait and see how training camp goes, how the free agents come in, the guys, how they come in, how they're going to play. If they have a guy on the roster, not saying that he can take Kamari's place, but they can come in and be efficient and they can get away with it until Kamari gets back. So I don't think the Saints really know if they have that guy on the roster until mm-hmm. training camp starts and you start seeing guys emerge. And then you're like, you know what? We can use him. And it's going to be by committee. It's not going to be just a one-man show if Kamara's not there. It's going to be by committee at the running back position. So I think, I think we'll be fine. We'll be fine. Um, you know, T, for me, I always feel like the Saints find a guy that's, like, working at the local Waffle House that could be a, a potential, like, sleeper find. You know, like, you're going to get Harris from Assumption. You go get Colston from Hofstra. You know, like, it's always – but that's not just the Saints. It's everywhere, you know, like, uh, which is so unique. Hopefully it's at the running back position. Um, look, T, before we move forward when we advance in this – I do want to get over to the defensive side because I do think that the defensive side has much further or, or much less holes on it uh, because you get Tyron Matthew, which we'll talk on Tyron Matthew next. But when you get to a situation where you have pretty much your entire front seven returning almost outside of Quan, you do get Tyron, you do get Lattimore, you do get C.J. Garner-Johnson back. Um, look, this could be, again, one of the best defenses in the league. Um, how do they even get better than what they did from a season ago? You know, the first thing they got to do, they got to forget about last year. They got to forget about last year. Each year is a new year. Just because you have some guys coming back and you're solid with, with guys coming hey, back. Hey, Copper, you're breaking, you're breaking up just a little. Breaking up just a little. Um, Can you hear me now? Yep, there we go. There we go. Go okay, ahead. Say so that again. The first thing they have to do is forget about last year. Because each year is a new year. Just because they was great on defense last year, it doesn't mean just because you got new guys in and you got your core coming back and you got some great guys coming in, doesn't mean the same thing is going to happen. The work still has to get put in. You still got to take it one day at a time. You got to go through things just like you don't know it. Mm-hmm. And repolish and re-understand everything the coach is teaching you. You can't go into it thinking you got it down pat. It's a new season every year and they got to grind just like they was nothing last year you can't go into it like oh with a big head no it's a new year you got to keep going they grind and they pay attention to the details and they do the things they're supposed to do and of course i feel like we're right back where we was at last year but if we go into it and we take our foot off the gas when it comes to training camp when it comes to developing yourself individually right when it comes and not just the players the defensive coordinator as well. You know, everything is different. It's a new year. So just because we got this talent coming in and we got our core back doesn't mean the results are going to be the same unless we put that work in and keep grinding throughout the entire year. I can't agree more. Like, I, if you look at my notes, I mean, they're pretty much damn identical. I'm not going to say I stole your notes and then was going to use it as mine, but it's pretty much identical. Mm-hmm. I do think bringing – the interesting thing is you replace Marcus Williams with Tyron Matthew, right? I mean, that's basically what you're doing. Ironically enough, last season they had almost the same exact stats. Same amount of interceptions, same amount of tackles, same amount of tackles for loss, same amount of pass breakups, but it's a little bit different, right? Mm-hmm. And, and look, 
I know I'm a homer, an LSU guy, I do an LSU podcast, and I get it. But as a kid growing up, as a 21-year-old man, when Tyron Matthew went cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, he's mm-hmm. won a Super Bowl. He's been there. We know that he is a first-team and been a first-team guy multiple times in the NFL. Um, Copper, when you saw that move, because I think this defense did get better, even though that him and Marcus had a lot of the same stats. Mm-hmm. When you saw that move and you it hit the ticker on ESPN, NFL Network, Believe, wherever, what was your first thought when you saw Tyron Matthew had signed with the Saints? We just got a playmaker. Bo- bo- bingo. That was it. We just got a playmaker on the defense side of the ball. Uh, he can cover. He's even better when he's closer to the line of scrimmage. You know, no doubt. He's a great. He's a great tackler, and he's just a, he's a leader, and he is a emotional leader. You know who he reminds me of? Eric Berry. Remember Eric Berry? Oh, dude. He reminds me so much of Eric Berry. It don't make any sense. So, from an NFL perspective, him, it's ridiculous. Yeah. So, so when we got him, I was like, yeah, that's a game changer." That is a game changer. It's funny because I remember Eric Berry when he was at Tennessee knocking out Tim Tebow that Heisman year. Shout out to our producers, Zach and Pooh Bear. Zach has a Tim Tebow-sized haircut. Regardless, <laughs> I think it's a good fit. And look, you get another leader. Look, this mm-hmm. this this locker room, TC, I'm not going to say that they lacked leadership without Drew Brees, right? Mm-hmm. But you you can't replace a Drew. Nope. You can't replace him with a Tyron Matthew from the city, though. I, mm-hmm. I, I think that it's a little bit, you know, like, T, like, what is it like for you if you were to, to play for your home state's, you know, NFL team? Like, it's, it's a different vibe. It's a different scenario. It's a different situation where he takes a massive pay cut. I mean, because, look, th- there was a lot of people who thought that he should get $18 million more than what he got. Mm. So I don't want to say that it's a steal, but you're getting a guy from a pay cut that wants to be here from your hometown. I think more than on the field for me, it's an off the field move. It's a leadership move. Like you don't have to worry about him. You don't have to worry if he's going to be there. You don't have to worry about him in coverage. Um, and look, was I part of one of the persons that bought his Jersey to, to break down the NFL website? You're damn right. I was now you can make me a homer, but I think that you have a unique situation where you have a Heisman contender from the state of Louisiana, from New Orleans. Mm-hmm. I, we play college football, me and you alike. Yep. Brother, it's less than it's literally less than 1% that gets that invite to the Heisman. He's been one of those dudes. He might be a Hall of Famer by the end of all of this, and mm-hmm. that's what you're signing. So I'm not saying Eric Williams is a bad player. I think he's a good player. I just think that you upgrade for less money, which is so wild. So wild yeah. to me. Yeah. And and you know what? It's not just, like you said, it's not just what he's going to do on the football field, but it's what he's going to do in that locker room. He's going to keep, he's going to make sure that locker room is straight. You know, he's from, like I said, he's from New Orleans. He's all about New Orleans. He's all about the community, which New Orleans is big on the community. And like I said, he's going to make sure that locker room stays straight. Our good friend, Eric Weinberger from Believe. Says Terrence is tremendous and this live show is great. You you're damn skippy it is. You're damn skippy Eric, it is. Up, <laughs> bro, I love Eric to death, but sometimes he be spitting ideas. I'm like, hold on, bro, you gotta slow down. I gotta write these down, man. But he he's full of ideas. Uh Chris English says TM7 is an all-time favorite. 
Uh, I agree with that. Um, Zach and Pooh, we did have some questions for TC. Let's fire in two, T, and then we'll we'll take a very quick commercial break. But there were some that people were asking you about your playing career and your okay. playing time. There was one about the Atlanta Falcons, your touchdown against the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, can you walk us through that very quickly? Like, what was that? Walk us through that play. So, just Joe Horn had got hurt. Right. Joe Horn wasn't playing. I mean, he was at the game. He got hurt in the game, so he came out. And so, I came in and replaced him, and it was – right before the half, uh, and we called a Hail Mary. I've got I'll never forget this as long as I live. The, so so we called a Hail Mary play, and for me, I wasn't even supposed to have been the jumper, the guy jumping up for it. But the way the offense is set up, so we – so I'm going to kind of talk you through it. So we're in a, a bunch set. Mm-hmm. When I say a bunch set, you got three receivers to one side, uh, and you got two receivers to the other side because I think we split the back. As a matter of fact, the back was in the backfield. So you got three receivers to one side, one receiver to the other side. And the three receivers are bunched up in a little group. Mm-hmm. But the guy that's at the point, if he gets pressed, he has to go to the left or to the right, but he becomes a jumper. Now, he, he becomes a, a ricochet guy. Yeah, the tip guy. Yeah, and the guy that's to the left replaces him up the middle, which was me, and I become the jumper. So that's how I became the jumper, and I forgot who was on the point. Maybe Marcus Colston was one of a ricochet guy. But And Drew threw it up. The crazy thing about it is I didn't even have to jump. I jumped, but I didn't have to jump. It just fell right in my hands. I jumped a little bit, but so it just wild. fell right in my hands. And the biggest thing about that is, and I still talk about it to this day when, when somebody bring it up, Reggie Bush messed my spike up. So once I caught it, I'm about to get up and spike it, and he come and jump on my back, and the ball fly out of my hand, so I don't get the spike the way I want to spike it. It was just crazy, but it was a good time, and I miss those days. I would have told the rookie to give me 50 push-ups right there on the spot. <laughs> I, I, I'm just telling you, like Reggie, so what you made? You're like a human highlight reel. So what you jump from the 10 and scored a touchdown? Exactly. Uh, I, I gotta ask you this though. Mm-hmm. Um. I've asked, I've interviewed a lot of Saints guys on that 06 team. Um, the, the Dome game. Speaking of Atlanta, mm-hmm. um, d- since we were talking about Atlanta, it made me think of it. Um, have you ever been a part of something like that before in your, in your sports life? I mean, the I, I know because I'm from the state of Louisiana, it might be different, but the way that the Dome was that night, I, I mean, that's something that we don't, Kyber, I'm 32 years old. I've never lived through something like that before. Um, what was that game like for you, though? Emotional, uh, amazing. I've never played in a in a game with an atmosphere like that. Insane. Because it was it was more than it was at that point. It was more than a game. Mm-hmm. You know, we was representing, uh, and I get chills talking about it. Me too. But that game was more than just a game for the community. You know, it was a sign of hope. It was a sign of um, we are back. It was just it was just amazing to see grown men boohoo crying because of a football game and the emotions behind everything. You even forget the fans. Even the players was crying 
after the game. It was just so emotional. And but you could tell it was it just felt bigger than football. And it was bigger than football, especially with everything everybody went through. You had people that lost their lives in the Superdome. Right. You know, so it was and then for you to come back to the Superdome, it was it was just crazy, man. I I never experienced anything like that, but it was crazy. Um never saw my daddy cry until that day. You know what I mean? I mean, that's just yeah. a, it's a different beast, man. It's a different world. All right, let's yeah. do this. Let's take a very quick commercial break. Back in 45 seconds. We still got a lot to talk about. The Saints schedule not released. We know who they're playing, though. Home and away. We'll talk on that. We'll get TC's thoughts of what the record could be. Uh, looking in a little bit more of that schedule. Uh, also, we've talked a little bit about Tyron, but I want to get some more of your questions in for TC. You have questions. Fire them inside the chat right now. Hashtag AskTC. We'll be back in 45 seconds. Shout out to our good sponsors over at BetOnline.ag. Our partners over at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the NBA playoffs, fights, and even next season's futures. And don't forget that the MLB is back as well. Who are you picking to win the World Series? BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's easy to get started, so head on over to their website. Use betonline.ag. Use that promo code BELIEVE. That's B-L-E-A-V. That's B-L-E-A-V to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag. Betonline.ag. Okay, so apparently my... uh. <laughs> my Saints uh, schedule the home and away isn't pulling up. So let me pull this up right quick. But, TC, let's start off here very quickly, though. Uh, you know the games that you get. Tom Brady's back. He retired. He's playing the hokey pokey with retirement. Uh, he puts his right hand in. He puts his right hand in when it comes to retirement. But he, he signs a huge deal today uh, in reference to the uh, Fox. $37 million, which is ridiculous. Maybe why Sean Payton is leaving to go into entertainment. That's neither here nor there, but we'll talk about it. But we know about the division games, honestly. Um, TC, I talked about this. It kind of took our beliefs in Saints' uh, uh, Twitter page viral. I got to be honest, though. Uh, the Bengals coming into the Superdome, I think is a big deal not going to London. Uh, the same reasons why we talk about Tyron Matthew, you still got jo Joe Burrow, you still have Ch uh, Jamar Chase, you got a lot of LSU and Louisiana guys playing in that game. Um, is there any game that you're keeping your eye out for? Is there a game that you're watching for next season that you wanna you're ready for already? You know what? Is truthfully, it's the the Saints and Tampa Bay game. Honestly, mm -hmm. I want to see what we do. I want to see what Tom Brady does. I want to see how we handle it. You know, that's that's the game I want to see. Truthfully, I feel like Tom Brady should stay retired. Honestly, I don't think he's gonna have the season that that everybody's hoping he's going to have. I don't think he will. So, look, let me, let me, I, I don't, I can't, I'm not going to disagree with you. I, I like mentally and in my heart, I feel the same way. Mm -hmm. Um, Shout out to our good friends over at Bet Online when I say this. Um, the man was down 28 to three. Okay, TC. And I, I made a very large bet. 
and I should have known never to bet against for Atlanta. That was my first mistake. I, I, I should have never done it. I'm just not going to outrule the man. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if if aliens came down and they said, send one man to win a football game for you, I'm still calling Tom Brady. You know, like, yeah. th- there's just no question about it. But there's something that Dennis Allen's doing to get in his head. C.J. Garner-Johnson, Tyron Matthew, two guys that we've known that he's talked about to get in his head. I don't want to get too far in schematics, but I kind of do. Is there something that Dennis Allen does, though, with Tom Brady that makes him elite? Like, what do you see when you watch that game? What does Dennis Allen do to get in Tom Brady's mind? You know what? The the first thing they have to do, they have to – and this this is one thing I think we were so successful with last year. You got to make them one-dimensional. Mm-hmm. You know, and the fact our run defense was so good last year, you can make a team one-dimensional where they got to drop back and throw it every time. Right. You know, and even though Tom Brady has seen every coverage that you can possibly throw at him, like you said, something that Dennis Allen is doing, and I really feel like he does a great job of disguising coverages, making you feel like it's zone, but it's man-to-man, making you feel like it's man, but it's a a fire zone. You know, so it's just, I I think he does a great job just disguising, disguising his defense. And, but... Honestly, I don't really know everything he's doing, but he's doing something amazing that Tom Brady just can't get over that hurdle. And I think it's been that way for the last six meetings. He haven't been in the last six meetings. Uh, yeah, and I feel like he's due. You know what I mean? Like, I, 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 look, and we're in a Saints podcast. I, I look, I just for whatever reason, mm-hmm. for I just do, I, let me say this though too. Father time catches up to everybody. And when I saw the Rams play them in the playoffs and they got pressure on him. Now, nobody on planet Earth is Aaron Donald right now, so you don't have an Aaron Donald, but maybe you could generate pressure on him. Um, He looks slow, T. He looks slow. Like, mentally he's there, but his body's not reacting the way it used to. And mm-hmm. so I kind of agree with you. I think this team can win the division. But I would rather go one and one against that old sucker than and win the division than win two and oh and have to play him in the playoffs again. You know, I don't I don't want to see that magic. Um no. you're playing against the AFC North. You know what's interesting? You know, you have these cross divisional rival or cross divisions in the AFC. You get Baltimore at home, you get Cincinnati at home, you get Cleveland on the road and the Steelers on the road. Two franchises luckily that are on the road that are rebuilding to some extent. Um, but the Saints have a, the seventh toughest schedule in the in the NFL. The Saints always seem to have that, and they seem to pull through. Um, I want to ask you this, though, from a player's perspective. When you know going into the season it's every single week a bar burner, do you already start mentally preparing for this for the season? Like, man, this is here, this is here. Because the schedule's out tomorrow. Um, how do you – or Thursday, how, do you start mentally preparing already for it because it's such a long season? Like, take me through, like, what you would go through to get ready for that season. Uh, you know, well, first of all, the, the first thing you got to do is make sure your body is right. Uh, you got to make sure you're taking care of your body. Uh, and it's not even this season right here. Every game you play, it don't matter if you play in a team that's, that's 0-16. You can get beat. It's hard to win games in the NFL, regardless of 
what a team looks like on paper. It's hard to win games. I want to say the majority of the games, I want, it was like a statistic. It's not like 70% or something like that. It's like games are won within like seven points. You know, so it's The playoffs, it, it was two and a half. Yeah, it's hard to win games in the NFL, regardless who you're playing. Mm-hmm. It's hard to win. So every game, I will go into it with the mindset, and not just myself, but the entire team. You go into it thinking, okay, we got to put some work in. We got to do work. Even though they, they record may say differently, but we already know we always respect our opponents. Everybody respect their opponents um, because you can get beat any given Sunday. Even as cliche, but you can get beat any given Sunday by any given team because everybody's everybody's on scholarship. Everybody's everybody's pros. Right. You know? I, I just remember the Giants game from a season ago, right? Like I was in, the, I was at that game. I mean, there's no reason you should. But I mean, yeah, Saquon Barkley and Pauls. I don't mean this in any kind of way. I've never seen a man have bigger calves than that dude. Okay, <laughs> biggest calves on a human being. But like, for example, though, that game you shouldn't have lost that game. You know, I speaking of Eric Weinberger, who was in the chat earlier. Shout out to Believe. He's a big New York Giants fan. I was talking trash all week, and they beat us. I, I feel like that loss is on me, um, but nevertheless, you know, nevertheless. Uh, Randy brings in a question here for you, T. He says, where do you rank our secondary for this year? Look, they got p- three potential all pros. I mean, when you got that, that's elite. Uh, where do you rank them? Oh, man. You know what? Uh, I'm going to go, truthfully, I'm going to go top five. Top five, ten, top five teams in the league and top five secondary in the league. But one thing you have to realize, and the only reason why is because I feel like we're going to get a little more pressure on the ball this year. Last year, our defense was was top five. Uh, not deep, Our run defense was top right. five. But we didn't get a lot of pressure on the quarterback at times. you know. And when you can't do that, you really stress your secondary. Uh, so to me, when I'm looking at the secondary, I don't just look at who you have in the secondary, which that's great. We do have some some amazing players in our secondary, but we got to look at our front guys because I don't care who we got in the secondary. If you got six seconds to throw the ball, it don't matter who you got in the secondary. You can't cover that long. Right. I you know, agree. You got to get pressure on the quarterback, and the more pressure you get on the quarterback, the better your secondary is going to look because they're not going to have enough time to get them balls out and the quarterback and I have to, enough time to pick your part, you know? So I feel like because our defense, I feel like has stepped up. Uh, I feel like we are top five. We'll be a top five secondary, not just because of the secondary, but also because of our front guys. couple more T and then we'll, we'll get on out of here. Cause we've been on at it almost an hour. Um, you do add some key pieces. Okay. Not a lot defensively. Um, T, are they, are they, were they just those two couple pieces away? You think, I, I don't want to say from a Super Bowl because that's so difficult, but look, you play receiver and Chris Olave was a beast at Ohio state. I mean, I don't know how much you've been able to break him down. I mean, look, you, there's a lot of players we got to break down on this team, but, um, what do you think about Chris Olave? And look, Mike Thomas already kind of taking him under his wing. They're going out to work out, run routes, catch passes, um, what do you think about Chris Olave, though? When he was drafted, what's your thoughts on him? 
I like him. I do too. I like him. I, I like him because he can run all the routes. I agree. He's a great route runner. He can run all the routes. Uh, and he have, he have decent speed. I can say decent speed. He has good speed. But I said this before during the draft. I thought we was going to go Williams. And Williams from Alabama. Right, Jamison Williams, right. Yes, and the reason why I thought I thought we should have went that way is because of his speed. Don't get me wrong. The one we drafted runs a 4-3. Mm-hmm. But Williams run a 4-2. You know, that's different. That's totally different. And and the reason why I say that is because the way Jameis Winston throws the deep ball, I felt like we needed a guy like Williams to stretch the field for us vertically. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have the possession receiver in Thomas. You know, uh, I feel like everybody else in our roster are, are possession receivers. But you got the Williams guy that can run, that can really stretch the field for you vertically. That was my thought on it. But I do understand that he's coming off a knee injury. Mm-hmm. Right. So if I'm, if I'm going to go receiver, the one we drafted would be the next one we go to. Copper, I picked in the Believe draft, that my mock draft, I, I took Williams too. Mm-hmm. Um, because the same pretty much reasons you were saying because of what the Saints want to do. Um, you know who he reminds me, though, talk, speaking of Olave? A shorter Justin Jefferson. I'm not saying that because of LSU and Louisiana. Watch the way that they run routes. It's that wide stance, and, like, if you have the black beads on the turf field, the beads are falling off. You know you know what I'm talking about. I don't know what you call the the the, the shuffle. I, I don't, but they're, they're, the way that they do things, the way that they move, the way that they juke, the way that they ju- – you know, the spin move is uncanny. He's just short of Justin Jefferson. And, I look, I, I I know a lot of people when it came out were, were barking that he didn't have 1,000 yards receiving um, in the in college. I don't really care about that. You know, like, there's a lot of things that can happen in a game that affect that. You know, when he doesn't get targeted until the fourth quarter and he scores a touchdown to win the game. I mean – like that, you you can't control that. Um, but receivers get drafted. He got drafted right behind another uh, Ohio State receiver. Right, right. I mean, I, again, we're you know, I, I really when I look at him, take LSU out of it seriously. Mm-hmm. To me, he reminds me of a shorter Justin Jefferson B- because of his route running. I think he can take the top off if you absolutely needed him to, but his route running is is elite. And look. Yeah. Let's and you know this better than most. And I'll ask you this: the Saints, yes, they want to. You know, Devery Henderson was that guy. He would go on the on the nine. He would catch it. But the Saints like to do a lot of different innovative things in, in route running, crossers, digs, sluggos, whatever it is. They want to do that. And yep. I think that he his route running makes him different. Along with that speed, makes him elite. Yes, I agree with you one hundred percent. And like you say, especially with the Saints, how they how they switch up different routes that we run. And you got to be able to run some, some of these routes. You know, and the fact that he can probably run, I can say probably, he can run every route that the Saints have. Everyone. Have, every receiver can't run every route. You know, they can't run every route. Not saying, I'm saying because they just don't have the ability to run those routes the way they need to be ran. Uh, whether because they're too stiff, whether because they're not fast enough, uh but like you say, he can run every route, and I think he will fit in this offense perfectly. Uh, I just felt like Williams would have fit better. I don't disagree. Um, the Golden Boot Podcast, because uh, speaking of Rod receiver, says, do we go after 
Jarvis Landry to secure another possession receiver. Uh, look, I, I don't, I don't think that they go and get Jarvis. You know, taking the LSU bias fan that, out of it. I know the Ravens are in this, but I wouldn't mind Jarvis. Do you think that the Saints should go after another receiver, though? No. I think we're pretty much set at receiver. If Thomas comes back, if Thomas comes back, then I think we're pretty much set at receiver. Because you don't want to bring in – I mean, I like Landry. Don't get me wrong. I like Landry. But you you got some young receivers that's on that roster. Uh you don't want a guy like Landry to come in and stunt their growth, even though he can be one of the guys that can mentor them. Mm-hmm. And everybody needs that mentor. But you don't want you don't want their growth to be stunted because you bring in another top receiver. And now the balls that these younger guys could be getting, it's almost like you gotta force feed Landry because he may be a high paid receiver. But if we got Landry. I wouldn't be mad at it. No, I wouldn't either. I wouldn't yeah. either. But I, I tend to agree with you. TC, we went 58 minutes, and we didn't talk in depth about Jameis Winston. I think that we should, in turn, give ourselves a round of applause. Okay. Um, so let's end it here with Jameis. Um, right. Look, we're going to talk about him a lot. Okay? There's no questions about that. Mm-hmm. Um, here was my take on it, and I'll let you go and, and give your – your whole piece on it. Okay. I don't think that if you, if the front, I don't think that the front office believes in him fully. Okay. Here's why you don't move $60 million worth of cap space to go after Deshaun Watson. Now I get Deshaun Watson, you know, God bless it gets past all this off the field stuff. You know, I I don't want to get into any of that kind of stuff. That's not what this show's about. But you still move $60 million in cap space. And I know that the cap is like, you know, the Marvel Studios. I mean, it's not really real. You know, it's just something on a piece of paper. But, man, you don't move that much money because, Copper, you're having to pay guys in cash now to free that up, right? Like DeMario, DeMario Davis got paid, like, I think $7 million in cash the day that they paid him the way that they restructured his contract. I think that Ryan Ramchek got paid another $10 million. On the day. That's a lot of money to come out of pocket on the day just to try to get a quarterback. Am I reading too much into that? I I mean, because it seems like if Jameis would have been your guy, you would have gone with him initially. Um, Mm -hmm. I I feel like I have more faith in Jameis than they do. Am I reading way too much into that? Yeah, you're reading too much into it. Okay, okay. (laughs) tell me (laughs) tell me why. And and the reason why is is take if you have – Let's take Tom Brady in his prime, right? You got Tom Brady in his prime, and let's say you have what's another quarterback that's let's say Phillip Rivers. Okay. All right. Phillip Rivers is another good quarterback. Mm-hmm. But if you have the opportunity to get Tom Brady, even though Phillip Rivers is a good quarterback, but if you have the opportunity to bring a Tom Brady in, in his prime. Wouldn't you try to exercise that option? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and that's not saying that Phillip Rivers or Jameis Winston is a bad quarterback. That's not saying that, but I feel like everybody knows that Deshaun Watson is a better quarterback. And mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to say a better quarterback right now because he didn't play last year, but his upside is so high. Mm-hmm. You know, so I don't I don't blame the Saints for trying to get Deshaun Watson. I don't blame him. 
luckily that Winston still was still there for us to get him. Right. It would have been bad if Winston would have went somewhere else. You know, and we didn't get either one of them. Yeah, shout so, out Trevor Simeon. Exactly. So, but I like the fact that they went, at the end of the day, what is the front office job? The front office is to build this roster the best way they can, get the best talent in the building. Mm-hmm. And Deshaun Watson, to me, was the best talent that was out there at the quarterback position. I can't agree. I can't disagree with you on that. That's so true. You know, so I feel like you may be reading into it a little bit too much. Um, but I, I would understand if Jameis Winston felt a certain type of way, if he took it personal, I would understand that. But he also got to look at it. It's a business. Mm-hmm. And Deshaun Watson is a good quarterback, you know, but he's here. Deshaun Watson isn't. So I let's ride with him. <laughs> yep, let's ride. Um, I lied. Here's the last question. How long did it take you to realize the NFL was such a cutthroat business? You know, like, look, I, I, I could, TC, I can only imagine because I know what I was like at 21, 22. Mm-hmm. Um, what was it like for you? I mean, was it like instant, like you kind of already had it in your mind, like, hey, man, this is a business. You, you, it, Things are going to happen. Or or did it take a while? No, I I figured out my first year. Mm-hmm. But one, I had great mentors my mm-hmm. first year. So Keyshawn Johnson was was one of my mentors. Uh, Terry Glenn, yep. uh, rest in peace, mm-hmm. he was one of my mentors. You know, so I had guys that, knew the game already mm-hmm. and they understood how things was going. So they was kind of schooling me on a lot of stuff, my rookie year coming in. And then when you see, when you see guys that was already on the roster, cause I'm be honest with you. I've seen times where we had receivers that I, that I felt like was better than I was, but they ended up getting cut and I end up staying, you know, and I seen times where I go to a different team and they already got a good receiving core there. But as soon as I get there, because of the relationship that I have with the coaching staff going to that team, they're getting cut and they're signing me. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's a business. And then and then when I got when I got uh when my last days was over with, you know, when I was in when I was in Kansas City, I went up to the front office, you know, uh after I was when I was getting released my last year, when I was getting released. You know, and what he said was, cop, you still can play, but it's a get young league. Mm. It's a get young league. So, and I was real big on special teams. So are you going to pay a guy? This is, you know, this, are you going to pay a guy a couple million dollars to, to be on all four special teams and not a starter? Right. And this was, take it, this was 10 years ago now. Mm-hmm. Are you going to pay a guy a couple of, a couple of million dollars to play special teams or are you going to bring in somebody, a rookie or a free agent, that you can pay half that money? Now, is he going to be the exact same special teams guy that that I was? No, he's not. But that pay cut is worth it. Mm-hmm. So even so, I, I knew it was a business when I first got to the league, and the business side of it took me out of the league. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how it goes. And I tell, I used to tell a lot of young guys, you cannot be bitter about things because if you're, if you take everything personal when it comes to the NFL, you will be a bitter guy, man. So you can't take it personal. You just got to understand that it's a business. I would have told Kansas City I don't like their ketchup anyway. That that's just me. 
you know, the Hunt family, I don't like your ketchup anyway. It stinks. That's why I, I use. Kansas City is an amazing organization. I, I got to say that they are an amazing organization. I love playing for Kansas City when I was there. That's why, again, as I started off the show, why the Lord made you an, a superior athlete and not me, because I would have, like, just freaked out. But that's just me. I, I thought it was a good first episode, TC. I, I, I thought I, I thought we did really well. Uh, everybody go rate, review, and subscribe on Believe, on AYS, at Believe Saints on Twitter. A lot of content being pushed out there. We I don't know when we'll come back. Maybe we'll come back later in the week. Maybe next week. We'll see. But I, I thought it was a very good episode, TC. It was great uh, having you, brother. And, and this is just one step in a very long relationship. Uh, man, I, I love being on with you as well, man. Everything that you do. I appreciate you coming on, you know, and, and co-hosting with me. You know, you do an amazing job already. So I'm just thankful. Hey, I, look, I just paid uh, Gail Benson the extra $668 for my 50-yard line seats. So I, I'm feeling in the Saints mood. I mean, she's got my pocketbook. Now she's there got my go. heart. So there we go. <laughs> All right, guys, we'll see you all again soon. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Y'all have a good night. Peace out, Girl Scouts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.